Welcome to the teaching ministry of Paseo del Rey Church in Chula Vista, California. What a privilege it is for us to um, serve the great and living God who, I like that last sentence in the last song, you're the one who never leaves the one behind. That's the God that we serve. That's the God that loves us. And... um, so it's our privilege to serve here, and uh, this morning um, we have the opportunity as elders to talk to you about God's vision for Paseo del Rey. Sounds a little presumptuous on my part to think we're going to tell you what God's vision is, but allow us, as God has uh, put in our hearts over the last uh, couple of years as we've seen this transition coming, uh, we want to share with you what God's placed in our hearts because we think it's important for you to know uh, where God's taken Paseo. So anytime you have a transition of a lead pastor, it's kind of a big deal. And uh, in the United States, having a lead pastor that's been someplace for 39 years is a really big deal. That just doesn't happen. And so we're, we're in a really unique situation here. And... Um, you know, without letting it overwhelm you, it just, we need to say it out loud, this is a significant change for Paseo del Rey. So as we look at that, we kind of wanted to talk to you about those things that God, as I've said before, that God's placed on our hearts. And uh, we've asked some of our elders to speak on certain areas that we find to be foundational for Paseo del Rey. They're the structure, basically, of where Paseo del Rey is going. So where is Paseo del Rey headed and why? Um, I think uh, as I thought about that and pondered that over the last couple of weeks, uh, the one verse that came to mind is 1 Timothy 1.5, uh, where Paul's talking to Timothy, talking about working in Ephesus as a minister, and, it, and he says... Um, The goal of our instruction is love. So through all of what we're talking to you this morning, keep that in mind. Love is the most important thing that Jesus has placed in our heart. That's that's who Jesus was. That's who he is. He is the one who never leaves the one behind. Uh, And so that's our foundation, too. So with that in mind... um, I, I think I'd like to get our first verse up here, John 13, 34 through 35. Jesus says to us, uh, love one another. As I have loved you, you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love, love one for another. So we can talk a lot about strategy we could do this, we could do that, we should do this, this is how we should operate. But at the end of the day, if we want people to see we're Jesus' disciples, we need to function as Jesus did. We need to operate in love at all times, 24-7. That's, 
That's what he asked us to do, and that's what he modeled for us. Uh, I think if you... Somewhere in my Bible training, one of my Bible teachers said, you know, if God says something a couple of times, you need to pay attention. He, he's up to something. He, he wants you to get the point. So if you were at uh, John 13, and the next thing you did, you found yourself in John 15, which was two pages back, you'd see that he said, my command, and he's talking to the disciples only, my command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. So let's love, okay? So as we go forward through this transition period, that means we are looking for opportunities to serve him. Things that might be a little uncomfortable, things that might be kind of new for us, but if we see a need, let's do it. Let's reach out, because we, we love the way Jesus loved. Jesus didn't have to come down, but he did. He didn't have to die for us, but he did. Let's live like that. So uh, Matt pointed this out to me this week. It's like I can tell I'm really paying attention you probably are better off than I am at this, but did you ever realize that the inside of your bulletin at the very top, there's three terms there? Worship, discipleship, and evangelism. Wow, what a surprise. That's actually what the elders have been talking about is what we need to do as we move forward. How did I miss that? Um, it's probably something that Bowman guy stuck, snuck in there on me when I wasn't looking. Uh, but anyway... So that's what we want to talk about today. We've got three of our elders. Uh, there's a team of eight elders here, and three, three of them uh, were willing to share these areas of ministry that we have, that we see our pillars. Um, we're going to talk about worship. Matt's going to talk to you about worship and what that means and, and what God's put on our heart for Paseo. Uh, and then we're going to talk about discipleship, and Fred's going to talk about that. Fred's been part of a team that's been working on how we could disciple people more and better at Paseo del Rey. So he's going to chat about that with us. And then evangelism. We've got Carl Miller who's going to talk about that. And he's got two areas there because we, you know, there's lots of different ways to proclaim the gospel. Two big areas at Paseo del Rey are missions and also um, outreach. And if you want to make a distinction, we, we tend to think missions as far, reaching the earth, reaching the world for Christ, uh, beyond Paseo de Rey, beyond Chula Vista. And we view outreach as in our own hometown. What are we doing right here with those that we are around and those that we love? So that's, uh, that's our task for today. And with that, I'm going to hand the mic to Matt and let him go forward. Yeah, believe it or not, they asked me to talk about worship. Um, and if you know me at all, I do not like to be up here past this line. <laughs> um, I like to be back there leading in worship, but I don't like talking in front of people. So just bear with me. I know you're all family. Give me some grace. Um, 
So uh, here we go. I'm going to start from the beginning. What is worship? God alone is worthy for who he is and what he has done, and worship is our only appropriate response. So I immediately think of, uh, I immediately think of Romans 12.1, where it says, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and per- proper worship. I'm sure you've heard this before, but when you look at the verse, you have to ask, what is the therefore, therefore, right? Have you heard that before? Um, so Paul, in the first 11 chapters of Romans, lays out the gospel message, who God is, that he is perfect and holy, who we are, and the fact that we're sinful and we're broken, and we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and because of our sin, we are separated from him. But God, but God shows us his love, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is Gospel 101. And we opened the service this morning singing it. When we were lost, you were the shepherd that carried us home. When we were prodigals, you ran to meet us with open arms. When we were refugees, you were the one who took us in. And when we were enemies, you paid the price for all of our sin. So then we come to the end of Romans 11, where Paul writes the doxology, oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God, for everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. Amen. So you turn the page, Romans 12, 1. Therefore, in view of God's mercy, in view of Romans chapter 1 through 11, In light of all of this, this is how you respond. This is how, this is the appropriate way to respond. To offer yourself as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is worship. Our purpose, the very reason we were created is to worship God and exalt him above all things. Worship is surrender. Worship gets to the heart of who we are. To truly worship God, we must let go of our self-worship. Our sinful nature is so self-centric, self-centered. This is, this is the result of the fall. It's all about us. And you know, I've heard the problem about being a living sacrifice is that we have a tendency to crawl off the altar. We must continually die to self and surrender to God and declare him the Lord and King on the throne of our lives. We are all worshipers. That is why we were created. The question is, what or who do you worship? What or who is on the throne of your life? You know, in the easiest way to kind of get a glimpse, maybe to take inventory of what you worship, is to follow your receipts, your credit card statements, or your eye calendar, your time and your money. What do you spend your time and money on? That's what you worship. Maybe you worship comfort. Maybe you worship safety. Maybe luxury. Maybe you worship your family, or your kids, or your future your reputation, living up to your Instagram posts. 
Maybe it's sports or your job or music or having the latest toys. We all worship something and we continually need to surrender these things to God and put him back on the throne of our lives. Are you with me? So that's what worship is, but how do we do it here at Paseo? And uh, due to limited time, we're just going to kind of focus in uh, on a few things here. But Because uh, here at Paseo, we know we don't just worship an hour on Sunday, right? You worship all the time, every moment of your life. Uh, Sunday is a big deal, though, because we have the joy and unique opportunity to come together and celebrate in community who he is and all that he has done for us. Uh, singing songs together... Uh, it, singing is just one form of worship, um, but it's a great one to do in community, and so that's why we do it. Uh, and it's also common in the Bible and throughout church history. The Psalms were the songbook. In fact, many of the songs we sing are heavily influenced by the Psalms. Uh, you may not know, but I am very intentional in choosing the songs, making sure they are biblical and, um, and they are appropriate. Uh, for, for us to sing as a, as a church. Uh, and most of the songs we fall, or we, most of the songs we sing fall into two categories, declaring who God is and what he has done and our response. So we would love to, as we continue, uh, worship has been going on and will continue to go on here at Paseo. Um, you know, and as we continue to grow and are in our understanding of worship and allow the Holy Spirit to be working in our lives, we would love to see our church family continue to be more creative and expressive in our worship in various different ways, that we would be overwhelmed by the mercy of God and not just sing songs, but surrender our lives to him. We would love to see a church family that is open to the Holy Spirit and what he is doing in their lives. The Holy Spirit desires to exalt Jesus and move our heart to do the same. Ephesians 5 says, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, in fact, um, when we as a worship team, we talk about it, we, we use the, the term, we, we call the Holy Spirit our worship leader. You know, as we are leading worship here on Sunday morning, we're not just doing it. We are paying attention to the Holy Spirit leading us so that we can be lead worshipers for you, our church family. Um, you know, so it is, it is through, sorry, back up a little bit. Uh, Jesus said the Father is seeking those who, were, who will worship him in spirit and in truth. It is through true worship that we invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us, convict us, and comfort us. Through worship, we realign our priorities with God's and acknowledge him once more as the rightful Lord of our lives. We believe that you must know God to worship him, his character, how he describes himself in his word, um, believe he is who he says he is and what he has done. Uh, you've heard me say the size of our God is directly related to the size of our worship. If we have a picture of a small God, our worship response will be small. But if our view of God is big, we will worship accordingly and our worship will be large. Therefore, it is important to grow in our understanding and view of God, which is why discipleship and biblical teaching are so important here as well. 
We also believe that God desires all would worship him as the rightful king of their lives, which is why evangelism is so important. Worship is the only thing that will last into eternity. We value discipleship so that we might know better who we worship, and we value evangelism so that we would, um, that more worshipers would know their creator. In Philippians, therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So if the stars were made to worship, so will I. If creation sings your praises, say it with me, so will I. If it all reveals your nature, so will I. If creation still obeys you, so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, so will I. If the oceans roar your greatness, so will I. For if everything exists to lift you high, so will I. And if the wind goes where you send it, so will I. If the rocks cry out in silence, so will I. If you gladly chose surrender, so will I. This is your spiritual act of worship. That guy can preach, right? Man, that was awesome. Why are we up here? Man, that was good. That's like, isn't that exciting? You know, when you come in on Sunday morning, it's not just thrown together. It is so intentional because we want you to be changed by the living God. The songs are not by accident. He, man, that preached. That was awesome. Hey, so all of who we are at Paseo del Rey Church, our vision, right, is, is to partner with God to transform people into fully devoted followers of him. And, and Doug, you even mentioned uh, in, in your verses, Jesus mentioned, not you, but you quoted Jesus, um, disciples. And that's a word that can kind of get thrown around sometimes and we don't even know what it means or it could have a connotation in our mind. And uh, the, the word just simply means learners, the students, a follower. So follower of Jesus. We chose the easier word uh, for our vision statement, following Jesus, but that means to be his disciple. It's not something that originated with Christianity. It's not something that's unique to Jesus. That just means there's a path and I, I go toward it. Uh, but Dietrich Bonhoeffer, he's a, he was a pastor in Germany during the time of World War II, and he said that discipleship for the Christian is different than an academic pursuit. It's, it's an unconditional attachment to the person of Jesus, that it's not a class that we take. It's not a weird spiritual yoga sort of zen-like process that we go through. It's an attachment to a person, to the person in the work of Jesus. And so after 39 years of influence at of Pastor Gary's influence at Paseo del Rey Church, of course, probably every single one of us is going to go and ask you to open up your Bibles. So Matt asked you to go to Romans 12, or, or had us look at Romans 12. Can you go to 2 Timothy chapter 2? If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. It's up on the screen. Uh, I said, well, what, how can we share, how could I share with you what, uh, what the elders are so passionate about? It's an incredible group of men. I've only been there for five months, and I've already learned so much. And man, the, our church is so blessed. God has 
put some incredible men um, in just this place of spiritual leadership that it's incredible to, to be with them. Um, how can we share what our heart is, what Jesus' heart is for Paseo? Second Timothy 2 is, is such a, um, a clear passage on discipleship and what it looks like practically. Paul tells Timothy, you then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that's in Christ Jesus. Strengthened by grace is kind of weird. Um, grace usually forgives me. It doesn't empower me. You know, grace is for when I mess up, not for when I want to go forward. Grace usually seems to be like this, like, hey, you've messed up. I give you grace. But Paul tells Timothy, be strengthened by the grace that's in Christ Jesus. I'm not graduating from Jesus into better, more uh, advanced philosophical ideas. Christianity is not going to move you away from Jesus. We, all of our life, all of our focus is going to be the person in the work of Jesus. And I, when is the last time, if, if you went to college, maybe for some of you it's been a while, but that's okay, think back. When is the last time a professor called you his child? Probably kind of weird. If he did, I'm sorry, unless your parent is a professor in college. But I never had a professor called me child. Um, our garbage disposal broke this week, right before I had to go to work. Um, and then there was water coming out everywhere because there was cracks and pipes and all that good stuff. The plumber didn't come in and was like, let me show you, my child, how to fix this. Discipleship is not teaching a skill. It's not teaching you some information in college. Discipleship is this familial sort of relationship that is vertical, yes, with Jesus, but horizontal with one another. That it's not, I'm going to come in and the new pastor is going to give me everything I need to know. Or he's going to tell me everything I need to do. It's going to be this familial relationship with God who himself is our heavenly father and we're fellow heirs with Jesus. He is like our big brother. And then all of us are siblings with one another as we pursue this strength in grace. That our following of Jesus is relationally based. It's relationally focused. That's who we're supposed to be. And then he tells, Paul tells Timothy, what are you supposed to do? What you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. That discipleship is, there is an aspect of learning. There is a spa, an aspect of a, of a rational, sort of progressive understanding of who Jesus is. Paul is assuming that Timothy has heard the gospel over and over and over. That means that Sunday is not optional. Sorry. That growth groups are not optional for when we feel like it. That our Bibles are not to be opened only when other relatives are around or other people are around and we need to impress them. I'm guilty of this. We pray with certain people. When certain people are in the house, then we pray for our meal. You know what I mean? Like, it's just like, I got to up my spiritual game when certain people are around. Paul tells Timothy, hey, what you have heard from me, this is something that's ongoing. We have set up different practices at Paseo Del Rey Church, primarily Sunday morning and growth groups. I cannot encourage you enough 
that is where the rubber meets the road. That is where relationally we're connecting to God and we're, we're connecting with one another and we're saying, we're sticking this out. I don't like most of you, but this is good for me. You know, you annoy me, but this is good for me. Is that, and and oh, I have so many stories and I won't go into so many, but when, when you go in, in, into community, you give each other permission to speak into those blind spots. You know what I mean? Where you're like, hey, I need you right now. And then you go over there and, they, and you help them. And then they call you out on stuff. And you're like, hey, who are you? Who are you to call me out on things? Who are you to, to tell me how I'm leading my family? How I'm using my money? What my future looks like? That's family. That's discipleship in community. That's following the person in the work of Jesus with one another, shoulder to shoulder, going forward within the mission that God has for us. What you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. I'm going to own it. The CAT, the church assessment that we took a couple of months ago with the search firm that's helping us find the next lead pastor God has for us. Um, one of the biggest results that came back from you was a desire and a need to be equipped. You know it's important. You know you should. You want to. But some of us just don't know how to. Right? I've had friends of mine go, I opened this and... I, I want to get it. It's just words. Right? I want to come on Sunday and get it and be changed, but I don't know how. I, I go to growth group, and it just seems like we hang out. And so I somewhat want to say I'm sorry, and we're sorry, and we're going to continue to move forward following after Jesus and saying we want to do a better job of equipping, of giving you the tools and the resources and there are things in the works for that, and we're so excited about that. But my wife and I love Chopped. We are Chopped. There's Chopped Tuesday at our house. I won't give you the address, but if you want to, you can come over. Talk to us afterwards. Chop It Tuesday. That's what we call it. Chop It Tuesday. We sit down 9 to 11. I work graveyard, so she sits down 9 to 11, and she watches Chopped. And these people cook a great meal. And it's fancy, and they call all these normal things really fancy words to, you know, impress you. And these people sit there, and they critique the food. And we sit there, and we critique the food. And we don't eat it. Some of us come to Sunday morning, and some of us come to growth group, and some of us go through our Christian life critiquing, but not partaking. We come as food critics, and we leave the fork and the knife at home. We don't come with our Bible. We don't come with a pen. We don't come with a journal. We don't come ready to engage. We're like, I can't believe I didn't get anything out of it. Did you bring a fork? Did you bring a knife? Did you come ready to dig in? We want to ask you to partner with us as we seek to equip and provide you with resources to know the God who loves you, that you partner with us, and we do this together. There are too many people that don't know Jesus. There are too many things going on in this world that need Jesus' light. 
We need to entrust a faithful man who will be able to teach others also. We need to come and intake ready to externalize. We need to come in and say, what do I learn, not just for my sake? For the, We are in the young adults growth group and, and young families growth group. We don't have kids, but all of our friends have kids. When your five-year-old comes and asks, Daddy, why do you love Jesus? Is that like the most nerve-wracking question that your five-year-old could ask you because you have no clue? Can we teach others how to follow Jesus? Do we want to? Do we have that heart? Not just entrust a faithful men, entrust a faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Who taught you? Who taught them? Who showed them? God comes to Paul. Paul goes to Timothy. Now, Timothy, go to others. Go go to others. Someone somewhere down the line cared enough to love somebody who eventually loved you. And now you're following Jesus. Who are you going to love that they might love that they might love? That's discipleship. We're excited for it. We can't wait to see what God has for Paseo Del Rey Church. Carl, take it away. You often hear around here, be the hands and feet of Jesus, both near and far. And we've divided evangelism up into two areas, near, which is outreach, and far, which is missions. John Piper says, missions exist because worship does not. And what John Piper is saying there is, is that evangelism, missions, outreach, those all exist to bring worship to God where it does not yet exist. Genesis to Revelation, God makes it clear that he desires worship from all people, from all ethnic groups, from every tribe, tongue, and nation. When God called Abraham out of Ur, he said that through Abraham, all nations would be blessed. And what he was referring to was that the salvation to come would be for all people. When God delivered Israel out of Egypt, he did it so that the nations would know that he was God. Joshua says that when God gave Israel the Ten Commandments, when he gave them the law, he did it so that the nations would see God through Israel's obedience. And we can go through story after story, situation after situation where God intervened with Elijah, Gideon, David and Goliath, Solomon, um, Daniel. And God did all of those interventions so that the nations would see him and would come to worship him. Just before Jesus went back to heaven, his final words was what, is what we call the Great Commission, and it's found in Matthew 28. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's Jesus' final command to us. Paul tells us this in 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 20. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. God has entrusted us with the gospel message. We have the responsibility to tell the world 
Finishing the Great Commission is the mission of the church. And we believe that this command should guide our work both near outreach and far in missions with the goal of bringing worship and worshipers into the presence of God. And this is pictured so beautifully in Revelation 7, verses 9 through 12. After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they all fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God. We define missions as intentionally reaching out across language and cultural barriers to serve people and share the gospel. And our definition of missions includes the following. It's an intentional focused activity to the unreached or the unengaged. And while there are many opportunities along the way for people who have different passions, each opportunity has a specific measurable goal. So that's just saying that there's a specific task and we know when it's completed and we're not there on the field forever and a day. Um, We do come back home. And then last, we care about everyone. Everyone is important. But the core of our heart here at Paseo in missions is for the unreached. And I want to make this clear. What we are not saying is that, um, or yeah, we're not saying that ministry or evangelism among reached people is not needed and is not important. We are not saying that at all. But because we want to see the Great Commission finished, and because currently 90% of the mission force is going where they already have access, we want our mission focus to be among the unreached or the unengaged people. You can think of it this way. It's like a ministry to alleviate poverty that focuses on uh, the poor in Detroit. And yes, those are some of the poorest people in the U.S., but when you look at the whole world, they are some, the poor in Detroit are some of the richest people in the world. There are people in the world in much more dire straits than the poor of Detroit. And so translate that physical need into a spiritual need, and we want to, our focus to be where there is the most dire spiritual poverty in the world. Outreach, we define it as intentionally reaching out in our own community to serve people and share the gospel. And our definition of outreach includes the following. It's evangelistic. We're not just hanging out with people. We are sharing the gospel. And then it's serving people. It's touching their felt needs. It's being the hands and feet of Jesus. And it's love on mission. And last, it's local. It's intracultural. It's not crossing language and uh, cultural barriers. So let's look at what are we doing well, what we can do better, And how can you be involved? So in missions, what are we doing well? We want to be a part of finishing the task. At Paseo, we desire to actively address the imbalance of missionaries and financial support toward making disciples of people who have little or no access to the gospel. This is the heart and the passion of our people here at the church. And what does this look like? We have a handful of young people here that through perspectives classes have said, I'm interested in going, planting a church among an unreached people group. Um, Corporately, we support some uh, couples that are working among unreached people. There's a couple in Kazakhstan and a couple in Iraq. And uh, I know that many of you personally support missionaries that are working among unreached people. um, And you support Radius International as well. 
Another really cool thing that's happening here among us is we have several people that are working with international students and with immigrants, and they're uh, just being the hands and feet of Jesus to these people right here in San Diego. Well done, folks. So what can we do better? There's always more room for improvement. One area would be for more of us to be involved with the uh, immigrants and the international students that are right here in San Diego. These are the people from the nations that God has brought right to our doorstep, and we can just love on them right here. Um, we could become more focused on unreached people. We could do this by adopting a specific people group. Do you guys realize that in the U.S. there are 50 churches for every one unreached people group? 50 to 1. Folks, completing the task is very doable. It's very possible in our lifetime. We could join together with other South Bay churches or we ourselves could send a team to plant a church among an unreached people group. I mentioned earlier that there are several people who have expressed interest in being sent. And because of them, we're looking at starting an internship that uh, would help develop them and prepare them to go. And I'm, we're still in the very early planning stages of this, but I'm very excited about what's coming out of this and what it's looking like. Through this internship, we will be able to select some of the best among us and send them well. So how can you be involved? One, pray. We have a prayer time, first Friday night of every month. That's this Friday night. And uh, we meet at Mike and Chris Leyland's. You're all invited. Show up, come pray for the unreached, come pray for our missionaries. Two, be a part of that internship that I was just talking about, either as an intern or ask if you can uh, lead a component of the course. Get involved in these uh, young people's lives that are interested in being sent. Touch base with them regularly. Pray for them and encourage them. Four, spend an hour or two a week with the internationals that are here in San Diego and the immigrants. Um, all it takes is just spending a little time just having conversation with them. And through that, you're helping them with their English. And then you get an opportunity at some point as the relationship develops to share the gospel with them. And last, adjust your budget so that you can support more missionaries. We have a great opportunity coming up right here um, very soon with Gary heading off to uh, be a part of training pastors in Zambia. So be looking at your personal budget of how you can uh, get on board and partner with Gary in that. So outreach, what are we doing well? What can we do better and how can you be involved? Um, many of you are being the hands and feet of Jesus right here in San Diego. We have Ladle Fellowship, 20 Leaders Walk for Water, Love Links, Missional Communities. Those are just some people here in the congregation and they're opening up their homes for game nights or holidays, you know, like tomorrow, Memorial Day. Um, they're inviting friends and family to come over for that. Um, Trolley Trestles, we just sent a team to Texas um, a few months ago to clean up after Hurricane Harvey. We've sent a couple of teams down to Belize uh, with uh, Kids Corner, Gary and Georgia Bell's ministry there. Corporately, we financially support college campus ministries, navigators, Kids Corner, and, and a few more. And last, we've uh, helped get some church plants off the ground here in, in the South Bay area, um, Restored South Bay and Heart of Faith. So what can we do better? We would love to see an outreach team developed um, starting here at uh, Paso. So this would just be a group of people from among us that have a passion 
to see God's name be made known right here in Chula Vista and uh, could develop opportunities for us or come up with ideas of how we can be more involved right here locally. You can become more involved in missional communities, just being intentional with your friends, your neighbors, your coworkers, and inviting them into your daily life, finding people that you have a similar interest with. Fred mentioned cooking, you know, find people, come hang out with uh, hang out together, do cooking, but in that relationship, you then get the opportunity to share the gospel. Missional communities provide easy entry points for people that are not comfortable just stepping right into church. So how can you get involved? One, be a part of the outreach team that I talked about earlier. Um, two, be a part of the missional communities that are going on. If you're interested in either one of those, talk to one of the elders, um, and we'll get you plugged in there. Three, we have a Walk for Water coming up here in September, and there'll be more information on that, but you can be involved with that. Go with Ladle Fellowship on a Sunday afternoon and serve the, uh, the homeless, and you can talk to Jim Smythe or John Putris about being a part of that. Um, and last, do something with Trolley Trussells, not just at Christmas, but throughout the year. Trolley Trussells are for those that have graduated out of the um, foster program and are no longer living with a family there. So we do a lot of things well, but there's a lot more that we could do. And to wrap up this part, I want to look at Revelation 5, verses 6 through 10. And this is happening with John's vision in heaven. And he's seeing Jesus, and he looks as a lamb that has been slain. And when everybody there around the throne sees Jesus, they fall down and worship. And here's what they say. You are worthy because you were slain. And with your blood, you purchased for God... Persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. And you made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God. With his blood, he purchased people from every ethne to be priests to serve our God. Guys, we are not our own. We have been bought for a price. And there was a purpose to that purchase, that we would serve God as priests And what do priests do? They're the hands and feet of Jesus to the world, sharing the gospel on his behalf and bringing people to worship God. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward for his suffering through our lives. So... um... Just in closing, I want to remind you that Jesus said, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. 